0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor AJ Fowler. excited. I get to continue into this series of sons, daughters, and the kingdom, and um, when we had the opportunity to prepare this, and Pastor was letting us know he was going to be out on sabbatical and, and giving us the opportunity to preach into our congregations, the, the, the title of Sonship came to mind, and it's my vision for people that not only would you understand and know, hey, I'm a Christian, but at the heart of who you are is a child of God, which is a son and as a daughter. And sonship comes within itself, comes within an identity that you look to Jesus as being your example. You represent him in word and in deed, but not just that, that you have authority and you have power. You have more than what the enemy The enemy would like to tell you and lie to you and, and deceive you in all facets of your identity and who Jesus is and what he's called you to, to do. Uh, and And I I pray in my heart that the Lord would awaken you to see what he's called you, uh, and who he's identified you as, as a son or a daughter, and that we function in the kingdom of God And, and, and the kingdom of God. What is the sonship priority as a daughter or as a son? What is your priority? First and foremost, seek first, the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It's God's dominion, God's way of doing things. It's, it's his will. It's not mine, right? I, I surrender all that I am and, and give it to him and let him begin to take and form and fashion my life and make it into what he desires. And father is a term of endearment. You know, so many people may say father, but does your heart connect with the term Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father, when you look at him? Or do you see him as a cruel taskmaster? How do you see him? And my goal is God give them, help me to give them a vision of what you've called them as, not what they do, teachers, uh, uh, maybe business owners. L- let me open their, their eyes through the word of the Lord to show them who they belong to and what they have access to and that, and that you would walk in it would be my goal. And I want to say that uh, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The presence of the Lord is your true north. God's presence is your true north. Don't, you don't stray from it. You have to cultivate it throughout the day, throughout your life. You know, and I've talked about two different topics this past. Uh, I've talked about the presence of the Lord, and I've talked about the purpose. But this week, I want to talk about peace, because in the middle of what's happening around us, whenever fear is being propagated, and maybe it's legitimate or not, in all of our lives, the Father wants His children to carry His peace. And he wants them to, to demonstrate it, perpetuate it, because the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And where is the Holy Spirit? In the son or the daughter. It's in me. So it's within me. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. And so when I say this, what, when I mention the word peace, many of you already got a mental shot of what you think that to be. But what is your idea or what is your picture of what peace looks like when you think about it? Because our definition of peace can be skewed or warped if it's not fastened on the right thing. And I want to show you a picture of what true peace looks like. You look on the side screens here. It's a painting. Some of you, you've seen this. Don't give it away to your neighbor. But this is a true picture of peace if you can see it. We tried to find the best we could, but it's actually a, an up and down sh- uh, painting. But it's a, it's a painting by Jack Dawson and hold it up for just a second but take a good look at it does this look like peace to you you see a lightning storm you see a raging waterfall you see it looks like dark clouds but maybe what you don't see is the next picture that's peace you see it you see the bird nestled on a nest in the midst it's actually what this painting is called peace in the midst of the storm here's the problem peace is not the absence of chaos the absence of noise it's not the absence of conflict and tribulation peace is the presence of someone Peace is the presence of Jesus. It's when he comes into your life. And the problem is, is we're aware of him at the beginning, but throughout life, situations and stuff steal our thoughts on him and, and our focus becomes on the things of the world more than the things of the Lord. And so we, we run into a problem. And what you'll look at, uh, Nicole, excuse me, Susan, put it back on the very first picture, one before that. What you'll see, and Jack Dawson did this, and in, in, if you'll look, because all we see is problems and conflict. But you'll look, you'll see the you'll see the head of Jesus as being the stone and the rock in the topper left hand corner. You'll see that He is your rock, your fortress, your shield, your shepherd that's leading you even in the midst of raging storms and waters. That He prepares a nook and a place for you to reside and get into and find safety. He is my ark. He's my protector. He's my redeemer. He's my shield. So. Sometimes when we think about peace, we automatically, our minds may go to a vacation. But here's the problem. If you don't have internal peace and you haven't made that within yourself, you can go to all the vacations you want. But guess what? That problem, that issue is going to follow you to wherever you go. So the enemy will fight you to keep you distracted and lead you away from peace. You can change it, Susan. But some of us look for peace in relationships. But we've had 30 And we're still going through them, and we're looking for it, but you can't find it there. Some of us may think, if I just had more money, well, with more money comes more problems, right? If this isn't fixed, then it's just going to continue to be a problem. If I'm a liar and I'm corrupt before I had money, when I get money, all money's going to do is magnify who I already am. Is it not? So it's something that you can't find peace in that. Peace is an inside job. Look at somebody beside you and tell them, say, hey, peace is an inside job. Now look to your second choice and say, so is joy. (laughs) Sorry that you were my second choice, but we always represent the internal world that we're most aware of. So if your internal world is chaos, fear, worry, anxiety, uh, drama, all of that, if that's inside you, everybody around you is going to feel it. And if you're a person that's given away to maybe rage, wrath, and anger, guess what? People feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you, but you're just a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. And God wants to remove or ease that and give you a heart of peace. And so that's what I want to talk about today is, is the peace of God. And, and as sons and daughters, this, you know, we read, go into our foundational reading in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read this as I read it with the the present participle. It says that for as many as are continually being led. I know that says for those who are led. But as many as are continually being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons and daughters of God. So it's those that not just one time followed him, maybe gave their life to Jesus on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday or whenever, but it's for those that are every day getting up and they're delighting. Remember what I said about last week, delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? It means to become clay in his hands. I become clay in the hands of the Lord, become pliable, and he shapes me and forms me, and then he gives me the desires of his heart, which my desires become his in the molding process. But also on the next verse, because here's the thing. The reason why that it's important that you understand your position in the kingdom and walk in the peace that God desires for you to have is because the all of creation is yearning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God in the earth. That's Romans 8 and 19. So that's what they're waiting on. All of creation is waiting for you to be revealed. And I believe it's for you to become aware that, yes, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, and there's an expectation. I have a responsibility in the earth. It's not just to get out of hell free, but that I actually submit. Because he's Lord, right? So Lord means he takes my finances. He takes my my spirit. uh, He takes emotional, mental, relational, every aspect of my life. He becomes Lord over, not just one area, not just over my spirit that gets out of hell, but every area of my life is under his submission mission. And this is truly sons and daughters. And my question I asked earlier is how is your internal world? What's going on? You need to pay attention to it. I know even now in, in the, the, the world itself, people are paying more attention to the emotional world. How, uh, emotional intelligence is a big thing in business these days. Becoming aware, knowing how to read the room, knowing what's going on inside of you is very important because where's the root issue? It's always pointing back to the root. And, and uh, Jesus was talking. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And what does that, what does that mean? It means exceedingly happy are those who are reconciling relationships. Peacemakers reconcile relationships. Now, I'm not talking about certain ones that are uh, messed up beyond all repair that can't be repaired. I'm talking about you you seek peace with the Lord. You seek peace to, how do I write this? And God, I'm, I'm coming, because you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's what Paul said. We've all been given that, not just a select few or or wide earth's pistol. It's not the peacemaker. We're called peacemakers in the sense of that we're called to help reconcile. As children of God and Isaiah began to talk about Jesus coming he said of the increase of his government which is his kingdom and peace that's the word shalom there shall be no end so it's ever increasing so what does shalom mean if his government's going to ever increase remember Jesus said my kingdom's not of this world when they tried to establish him and say no you're you're, you're king Jesus and we're going to rule with you right here on earth and he said No, no no you got this messed up my kingdom's not of this world He said, my kingdom is within you. You're internal. It's it's an internal thing, but it's manifesting outward. And, And the word peace means this. It's the word shalom. And he's referred to as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, your completeness, your soundness, your prosperity. He's the Lord God, your happiness, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's why when he speaks to his children to be peacemakers, he wants you on the inside to be whole. He desires for your wholeness of your soul. Beloved, I wished above all things that you would prosper and be in health, be complete, just as your soul prospers, uh, mentally and emotionally. So it's his desire for his children to walk and carry and release Peace. I I, want to go when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them, if you walk into a house and if there be a son of peace, let your peace go. In other words, there be shalom in that home. If there be completeness and soundness, let my spirit rest upon them. So it's something we're called to walk in and manifest. And Siri has just awoken herself. She missed something. Oh well, good. I'm glad you missed it. I don't want to be calling nobody while I'm preaching, unless they need to hear it. So in John chapter 16 and verse 33, if you got your Bibles, whatever, you can flip to it, but John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he goes into this red-letter conversation from John 14, 15, and 16, and 17. He is just pouring his heart out to his disciples, having conversation, talking to, him, talking to them about getting ready to leave, and he tells them in John 16, 33, he said, listen, these things that I'm speaking to you... That in me, you may have peace. Not in your job, not in a relationship, not in, not in any t- type of news media, social media. You can't find it there. For God's sake, you can't find it there. We don't know what's real and what's not. Truth versus lies. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. Be encouraged because I've overcome the world. And what I love about this is that Jesus is the prototype to normal Christianity? Look at how he dealt with the political system. Look how he dealt with the religious system. Look how he dealt with the sinner. Look how he de- de- dealt with those that thought they were more holier than thou. Look how he de- dealt with taxes and all. Look to him as the normal prototype to Christianity. And so he's telling them, I came as your elder brother. I know I'm God in flesh, but I'm also, uh, or I'm I'm God, but I'm also uh, fully man. So he said, I am a representation of how you are supposed to be as a child of God. He's our representation. He's the one that we look to. And he tells them, look. You're going to have tribulation. It's not you might or you may or you may slide by, you know, 70 years of your life and not have a problem. We know that's a lie, right? I mean, that, that's true. And we hear st- all this stuff. Hey, just do what makes you feel good. Be true to yourself. All this stuff. Did, you have your truth and you have your truth and you have your truth and I got my truth. Truth is not relative. I'm sorry to tell you, but there's only a standard to truth. And you got to increase your intake. Come on, look at somebody beside you and say, increase your intake. That means that, and now you got to hold them accountable. Take more in of this than you're taking in of anything else around you. Because if Jesus says, listen, for these words that I write you are faithful and true, then maybe we need to pay attention. There is If it's, if it's listed in here as sin, it's still sin today. It doesn't change. But he tells them, you're going to face tribulation. What does that mean? Tribulation means pressure. So you're going, to face, you're going to have pressure, pressures of life. You're going to have oppression. You're going to get stressed from time to time. You're going to have anguish, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, and distress. Every one of those are going to come to you in life. And I promise you, I have felt every one of those at some point in my life and probably this morning at some point. So you're going to face it. You're not getting out of here unscathed. And I wanna wanna release a word of peace in the midst of chaos right now because we're in a nation where it's in upheaval and it has been going downward for a long time. It's in a spiral, but you can walk in peace Regardless of what's raging around you, regardless of the drama, regardless of the sickness, regardless of, of the fights and the concerns and the wars and rumors of war, that's been happening since the the biblical days, since the beginning of time. Guess what? But he says to me, listen, I have overcome, so therefore you can overcome, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I put an overcoming spirit in you. You're more than a conqueror, so I have to believe it, but not just hear it. I've got to begin to take it as a condition." conviction, not a concept that it affects the way I live my life. I got to keep moving. So you're going to face these things. Pressure is coming. But here's the thing. The answer is to start with the source. What is your source? So, oh, I'm saved. So it's Jesus is my source. Is it really? Because like I said, there's coming tribulation, which means pressure. What happens when the weight of what's happening around us begins to bear down on us? What's coming out of us in those seasons? I've always heard that you can tell what a person's made of when they start to walk through adversity and crushing and squeezing. What comes out of you? I hope to God that it's not a bunch of curse words. (laughs) Maybe initially, but you repent and then you, oh, here you are, Jesus. But what is your source? Because this is where peace starts. Peace can't be, oh, my, my my desired goal is peace. No, it's the path of peace, not the path to peace. You with me? It's got to happen right here. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel this. I want to speak, I want to see God's children walking in the midst of this season with just so much peace because we have found him. See, here's the thing. You may be a millionaire and you may have all the money in the world and you go to pay at a place like Fish Hut. I know it's Savannah for those of you. And you don't have cash in your hand. You can't use a debit card. It's a sad thing, sad day. When you figure that, first time I walked in, it's like, you got, everybody takes plastic around here. Now, I can have a million dollars, but somebody that requires cash, hey, you can scream at them and tell them all, but I am a millionaire. I've got a bunch of money. You know what they're going to say? Cash or take a walk. Right? So, it, it's, it's similar to that. Peace is in my account because the kingdom of God and the spirit of God is within me. But you've got to make a withdrawal. It may be in my account, but I got to make a withdrawal. It's not in my possession. So where peace begins to come into your possession is when you consider the source from where it comes from. And you catch yourself and you don't react. Negativity and blowing up. But you respond. And I know it's hard. I'm not the one to talk to about it. I try my best. Literally, I'm prepping for this message. And within, uh, within a short time, knowing I'm about to preach on peace, it gets tested. And so, and so you got a choice. You can react, which means you blow up, snap. Well, I know what you did. Or you can flip that and say, honey, read this and tell me if I need to respond. <laughs> because here's the thing. I don't want to give this away, but I'm going to have to give it away right now. If it's, if it's going to cost you your peace, it's way too expensive. It cost me my peace. It ain't worth it. That job ain't worth it. I may make six figures a year and have the best life in the world, but I give up my family and I'm not spending time with my children. No, it's going to cost me my peace. I ain't going to do it. So, Here's the thing about with the children of God, you have to return back to the source. And the source is God's presence because that's where it's at. In his kingdom, and his fullness, it's all right there. And so we have to find whenever we hit those moments and stuff begins to blow up around us, what is beginning to come out of us, and then we find out what we're made of in those seasons. But here's the thing, and I said it last week. Trust is the foundation of a lot of things. But trust specifically is the foundation upon which all peace is found, you think about it in a relationship, spouses in the room, or friendships. If the trust is broken, do, I mean, is there peace? No, probably not. But when trust is established, as I continue to know him and I continue to be led by him and become dependent upon him, trust is established. I was talking to my mom on Friday. I was here at the church doing a few things, and I was talking to her, and we were just discussing how life and things are happening around us, and everything feels like it's just shaking in some aspects. And this come out of my mouth, and I, I didn't realize it, but I told her I said, "Mom, a heart of trust is a heart at rest." If we can develop our hearts to trust in him, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what we see, regardless of what everybody says around you, because guess what? You're always going to have people trying to pull you down. You're always going to have people that are trying to take you for granted, take you for whatever it is. But if we can learn to, and I'm not saying this happened to me, I'm just saying, that's all of us, we experience. If I can understand, God, I just, I I know all this is, but I trust you. I trust you. Even when in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if I trust him or not, but I I trust you. I'm going to confess it anyway. And trust without a reservation. Trust without boundaries. Trust without, well, you know, I'll trust you if you do. No, no, no. It's not that. You trust him. So some of us in looking for peace, sometimes we we can numb ourselves. People numb themselves in drugs. They numb themselves in alcohol. They numb themselves in opioids and relationships. And they, they, they try to numb themselves and find peace into the next bed. If I could just get into that relationship, if I could have that person, if I, could have that, if I could have this, then I know that I could find peace. But you can't find it there. And Jesus, as he's talking to his disciples, this hits us right where we live. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, listen, guys, I want you to have peace under pressure. I want you to walk through this life as the weight of life begins to bear. First off is you can't bear their load anyway. You, that's where you unload it to me. I love in Psalms, literally I was reading through the Psalms just recently and it talked about it talked about casting your burdens upon the Lord for he shall sustain you. He shall be your provision, your, your provider. He shall be the one to bring you through. And you gotta, how do I cast them on him? I get up every day when that thing hits me and I just roll it off to him. Father, I, I, I'm casting this worry about this relationship I'm casting my worry about going in and surrounding myself with people that are sick I cast that on you because you're the one that cares for me so you cast it on him through confession come on tell somebody beside you I know. I'm, tell them say cast it on him through cast it on them through confession don't stutter cast it on them through confession in John 14 Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's discussing his departure he's getting ready to leave and they start freaking out, but he goes on to tell me says "Look i 'm not going to leave you as orphans, and I really want to take some time just a moment, because the problem is orphan thinking whenever something begins to, to happen in our lives, your mindset begins to go somewhere and And I understand this orphan thinking is there's not enough I, I 'm going to struggle, there's going to be problems, so i 'm going to hold on to what I can get and Just save it for myself. That's an orphan mentality. It's an orphan thinking. But he's telling them, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. What he was saying in John 16 and 7, he said, look, it's to your advantage that I go. If I don't go, then I can't come live in you. Because I've been with you, but I'm about to come live in you. But they've seen his miracle working power around them. And this is where we begin to walk out the same type of stress, pressure, and adversity every day on our journey to finding peace Because the one that they have been following over this period of time is the same one that took fish and loaves. And he began to uh, break, he took the two fish and the five loaves and he broke the the, the five hush puppies, so to speak, apart. And begins to pass it out. And he feeds 20,000 people. They've seen this. They've been with him. He's a miracle-making, buffet-making God. I mean, he just provides. Everywhere he goes, he provides. And this same Jesus even told Peter, when they come to him, was questioning him about taxes. He says, Peter, go down to the water, grab that fish, take that coin out of his mouth, and pay our taxes. He's working miracles everywhere that he does. And see, here's where, for us, we've seen this, we, we ride in these seasons where it's wonderful, but then all of a sudden, when we feel alone, you feel rejected, you feel abandoned, well, when they told him that, there's like, oh, he's leaving us. What are we gonna do? I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't even understand what he's talking about right now that he's leaving, but he's gonna leave us. <laughs> and the enemy knows that your most vulnerable state is when you're in the midst of weight, the midst of pressures, and in the stress of life. He knows that. And it's not the big things. It's not the house note that's due tomorrow, uh, and if it's not sent in, it's gonna be late, or whatever it is. It's not that. It's... It's not the big things that tip you, it's the small things. It's on your way to work and someone pulls out in front of you with a full cup of coffee while you're doing your makeup and texting somebody. (laughs) Guys, hopefully you're not doing your makeup. Somebody pulls out in front of you and there goes your coffee all over your outfit. You are already at the breaking point, but it's just the little things that begin to tip you on over. The stresses of life. and Can I tell you something? The Christian life don't get easier. It does not get easier. You get stronger. And the way your strength comes is, as Paul said, in my weakness, you're made strong. So in other words, I'm going to yield. I'm going to submit. And I'm going to let you lead because as many as are continually being led, These are the sons of God. These are the daughters of God. And I'm going to learn to become more dependent. You know, the longer that I walk with Jesus, the more I understand. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. And I become more like a a child in my life. And that that sounds very encouraging from your pastor. But this is what what I know. I got to learn to be led. I have to learn to be led. I have to learn to become more dependent. Because this next season that we move into is going to require dependence. Not just for the church, but for my personal life. So he wants me to have his peace under pressure. And he begins to talk to them even further as he says, you know, look, I'm going and I'm gonna send a comforter. And my only thought was what's going on in their mind now? So my question to you in discovering that God wants you to have peace he, he wants. To, I feel like it's important that we know what are we currently thinking. I talked last week about change your thinking, but what are you thinking as it pertains to what you're currently going through? Because God wants you to have peace of mind. Now, he doesn't want you to give somebody a peace of your mind if you're having internal issues, which we all, many people say, oh, I'll volunteer that right now. Not, God doesn't want you to just do that. He wants you to walk and carry a peace of mind. But that's not something that someone can lay hands upon you and pray, and all of a sudden you just, it's a—it's called a, it's an, it's a call of discipline. I mean, it's the transformed, renewed mind. You renew your mind through the word every day so that whatever situations that you're facing, you're called to implement, first off, discern. Is that the will of God or not? And actually implement kingdom into those situations. I, I got to keep going. Your mind is the battlefield from which lies and truth are realized. That's why I said a while ago, everybody in this day and age, post-Christian society, everybody's got their own truth. Everybody's got their own uh, ideas and thoughts and imaginations about this, that, and the other. Whether it's good or bad, there's ideas. But here's the deal. When Jesus is talking to the woman, he said, worship him in spirit and in truth. What does he mean by that? In spirit means the, the empowering presence of the Father, so worship him in the empowering presence of the Father and in truth, which is reality. So it's reality? God's reality. That's how I come to him and worship. But truth, there's a war on truth to this day, right now. And the way the enemy works is lie, deception, and step back. If he'll get you to take the bait, it happened in the garden. And the problem is, is that when lies and deception are present, you're probably isolated. If you lie, if you not, not, not when they present themselves, when you fall for it, because Eve was isolated. Where was Adam? She was by herself. It's not her fault or his fault. It's both of their fault. But she isolated herself and set herself up for lies, deception, and ultimately the fall. He's not changed. You want peace of mind? Understand the lies that's going on in your mind right now. What is the enemy saying to you? What lies? Because Jesus said he's the father, not capital F father. He said he's the originator of it. It started with him. He don't give him that much credit. Your mind is the battlefield. Perception becomes reality because of what you believe. I'm going to take a little detour, but I want you to go with me for just a moment. In Isaiah 26 and 3, the scripture says that you will keep him in perfect, that means complete, Peace, whose mind is stayed upon you. Now, it's a consistent of every day of my life to become aware. God, if I want peace, oh, that's too hard, Pastor Agent. No, no, no. It's relationship. Peace is a result of relationship, peace is a result of your trust. That's a result of. And if I, if God says He's gonna keep me in perfect peace, that's not absence from problems. That means that my internal world, I'll, I receive victory because He got victory and his victory is my victory, I begin to take that and understand that it goes from here and it has to go to here. I always thought it went from the heart to the head, but I think it's from here to here because we hear it enough and then something has to be transformed. I don't know, somebody's going like, to no, you missed it. So, oh, good, you can correct me after service. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse five, Paul begins to give a roadmap to this thing. And he tells them, he says, look, you don't wrestle against flesh and bone, flesh and blood. You don't wrestle against the person beside you. I love to hear Pastor Phillips say all the time on marriages and stuff. He said, stop fighting each other, start fighting for one another. So you stop fighting one another and understand God's put you together for a purpose and a calling and a destiny. And Paul is talking to them and he says, look, you've got to cast down arguments. How many of you have ever had an argument with somebody that you never even had the argument with? Did you get that? Anybody? Anybody faithful and honest in the house? That's me. I have, I've had plenty of them. None of them came to fruition and nothing ever became of that. But it was an argument that started. Now, that word argument's actually defined as thoughts, imaginations, casting down thoughts and imaginations and everything that have exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought like it's literally like a Roman soldier taking a hold of, 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 a, of, a, of, a, of a slave and bringing them in forcefully into, into captivity and through the obedience of Christ. So here, if I could do, just take just a moment, Trip, um, um, excuse me. Let me flip to the next page here so I can track it. Arguments, personal opinions, ideologies, thought patterns, speculations, and thoughts and imaginations. You become what you think. You want peace of mind? What are you thinking? Because that's what you're becoming. As a man or a woman thinks in her heart, they are. But what do we do with it? With these thoughts? What do we do with these arguments and these imaginations that come into our thoughts and bring destruction Hang with me. I'm almost finished. I know some of you are ready to go eat some chili. Your stomach's touching your backbone right now. Imaginations that come into my mind must be purified through intercession. What does that mean? You're talking about the intercessors, the, 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 the Jewish people that, that wail at the, the wailing wall in Jerusalem? No, no, no. Intercession is a place where I take all of these thoughts and these imaginations and these things, and I bring them to God, and I begin to have conversation with him. Just kind of like sometimes people talk about certain relationships that they felt called to marry this person or whatever, and they marry that person and stuff gets tough. Well, maybe that wasn't God. I just said, no, 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 that, that's your truth. Scripture is completely clear about that and how that's supposed to work, but it's taking that relationship, taking that promotion, taking that job, taking that whatever it is, and giving it to God and having a, Now God, I'm bringing this to you because it, it came in as a thought. It came in as an imagination, and God, if my imagination's sanctified, then you can use it for the glory of the kingdom. You can use it to bring about breakthrough and revive all these great things, because what I find out is any anytime that I've ever had a situation, and first off, I always follow peace. Because pe- the enemy can't replicate peace, nor can he replicate love. So when I feel these things, and I'm praying, if I'm praying in a specific vein and I don't feel peace about it, I'm not going to walk in it. I'm going to step back and stay away. I'm going to stay clear. I don't care what it is. I'm going to walk in peace. But when you bring it to the Lord, all of a sudden, what you find out is intercession will begin to change your focus. He starts changing your focus. What you thought when you brought into and when you, when you brought it before the Lord, everything begin to shift. Not only does it change my focus, it's changed my feelings before. I brought it before the Lord and said, God, this is my thought. I'm telling you, this is the path of peace. When you're walking on the path of peace, it be, I, I've, ta- I've taken it to the Lord before and I found out that that specific thing that I thought was so important, I found out that it began to shift inside of me. My feelings towards specific people have changed. Whenever there was, when it felt like I was being abandoned, betrayed, uh, criticized for whatever it may be. Well, you're not good enough for this, whatever. I just took, God, this is what they're saying. I'm giving it to you. Now, I'm being transparent. I, I bring it to God, I just give it to you. I don't care what they say. I'm bringing this to you because the only thing that matters is I need to think the way you think about me. I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that you don't have about me. I break the fear of man, the concern about people. I bring it before you. And the third thing that intercession will do for you is it changes your future. Some of us look to, um, maybe in the process, I've talked with people over the years that have moved in certain areas, and they just, Pastor AJ, I had a piece about it inside of me. When I prayed about it, God began to direct and show me where I was supposed to go. So they followed peace, so it changes your future. And it not just geographically, but it can change you spiritually and emotionally because you brought it to him. It's the nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will, because you know what's better for me and we, we struggle with this because we give way to our own humanistic mindsets. And people ask, did you pray about that? Did you really pray about that specific thing? Yeah, I did. It was kind of like this. Oh, Father, on the way to work, Father, I just pray that the situation, you see what it is. You know what I want to do. I'll just give it to you right now and you just help me with that. But that was it. It was just a passing thing to say, we have prayed. But here's the thing. What's your thoughts producing? What fruit Is the thought, it's the imagination, is it producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Is it producing the fruit of the Spirit? Or is it producing adversity? Is it producing problems? Is it producing drama within yourself? What are your thoughts producing? What fruit is it? Philippians chapter 4. Demetri, if you would, come. Philippians chapter 4. Paul is talking, and by the way, Philippians is the happiest book in the Bible. You get a chance, read it. It's considered to be the happiest book of the Bible. Paul wrote that from a Roman prison 10 years after the Paul and Silas incident in Acts chapter 16. Considered to be the happiest book in the Bible. And Paul is talking to them, and he says, look, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Let your needs and your requests be made known to the Lord, and give him thanks in everything. Learn to be content. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means that I have to give up my right to understand. You got to give up. You're not going to understand everything that you walk through. He says, this peace surpasses your understanding. It's going to guard your hearts and it's going to guard your minds. So what am I saying? First off, Paul begins to deal with them about thankfulness, making their request known to the Lord, but thankfulness, thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for protecting me in these seasons that I don't even know what you've protected and shielded me from. Thank you. Today is a gift of life. I was thinking just a few weeks ago, I was, uh, we were at home. It was a normal Friday. I was off. I was enjoying a bowl of my wife's vegetable beef seeds. Really good. And I was just, I love watching NFL Live. It's one of my favorite things. I enjoy keeping up with the news and all that stuff. And um, in just a moment's time, what started out as a normal day I realized as I was eating, I got choked. And in a moment's time, I got up and I couldn't breathe. I thought it was just one of those things I could clear. But then I realized how fast life can change. I could not breathe. If it wouldn't have been for my wife, I'd have been dead. But I couldn't breathe. And after that encounter, every day I get up and I know this is just every day I get up, I say, God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you. I've had a health issues in my own personal life with everything from, from an eye to an ear and all that stuff. And thank you for seeing. <laughs> thank you for hearing. Thank you for breathing. Thank you for the gift that life is. So thankfulness begins to flow effort, effortlessly from those who have, have experienced internal victory. When you experience internal victory over something, there the, it begins to, God, thank you. It wasn't me, it was you. And God is speaking to you and he's saying, if you will protect the peace that I've given you, then guess what will happen? My peace will in turn guard you. So just a couple of examples. That email, that phone call that's gonna breed confrontation and problems and strife and drama right before you go to bed, don't do it. You're not protecting peace in that if it affects your sleeping. Guess what? Jews point to night as being the beginning of your day. That's why when God created the heavens and the earth, the scripture says there was night and there was morning and then there was a new day. Starts at night. Protect your nights. Many of us struggle with sleep because we don't protect our nights. Starts with protecting our peace that he's entrusted to us. I have to protect my heart from all the things that violate my trust in the Lord. All those, think about it. What violates your trust in God? And if I'll do that, he will rise up to protect me from unseen attacks that come from all directions. As I get ready to close, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, look, I'm going, but the Holy Spirit is coming. It's the one the Father's sending me in mind. He will teach you all things. So a while I go, I said, increase your intake. If I get this in me, this next part of the scripture says this, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I have said all I have to do is get it in me. Well, I don't understand it, Pastor Rage. Just get it in you. I can't tell you how many times scripture has come back just simply because I put it in myself. And he tells them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So understand that you've got to receive the gift of peace. If you want peace, you got to receive it. And he's the inward witness he's the comforter he's the paraclete he's the one that comes alongside of you you're trying to bear the load and do it by yourself you can't you're never going to walk in peace you're going to be weighted down for the rest of your life Unload it upon him and walk and follow him he comes alongside he's the inward witness he's the one that says stay clear of that walk in this follow peace follow what he's saying three things simplistic and easy for everybody in the room the first thing is this ask him to lead talked about awareness, how important that it is in your journey with the Lord, cultivating awareness. God, I know that you've never left me and I I get this. And, and so I, I just take a moment and I'm just going to sit here, close my eyes, meditate and focus upon you. Holy spirit. I ask you to begin to lead this situation, this circumstance. I don't have internal peace right now, God. So I need, I need you to begin to, you ask him to lead And guess what? When you ask him to lead, then you need to listen to what he's saying because I promise you, he will speak. He will speak. Ask and listen. There was a situation it's been over the past year that I was struggling in and I talked to counsel, sought counsel, And continued to seek after it and and I would pray about it but I never could get peace and I felt uneasy through the whole circumstance and you know what that was that was God's response to me steer clear of it don't walk in it that's not the path I'm leading you into so I finally made a decision walked in the path that I felt like God was leading me into and protected me from something that I didn't see I promise you you yield to it he'll direct you and he'll keep you from darts the last thing is obey at any cost. Obey at any cost. Stand to your feet. I want to talk to those this morning that you're struggling. You don't have internal peace. It may be because you're not a believer, or it could be because you're a you're a child in the kingdom, but you're You haven't completely yielded to him and say, God, I'm I'm having this issue because we still have to revert. We still have to return, excuse me, recalibrate our heart and come back. So if you would just close your eyes for just a moment. If you're struggling in that area, I'm not saying I got it figured out, but this, I know that I'm, 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 i i my heart towards him. If you are struggling in any area of your life where you're needing peace, lift your hand right now. See hands going up all over the room. So we're just going to do what we just talked about. Begin to ask him, Father, this situation, you see it. Speak to him about it and say, I'm asking you to lead. Holy Spirit, you're the gift of peace. I'm asking you to lead. Help me to see it from your perspective. Help me to look not into the future and see that your grace is in it. Your grace is leading. You're favor. Listen to what he says to you. just begin to obey him at any cost let the peace God begin to flood over this room let rivers of peace begin to flow over people's hearts, people's minds any fear any worry you came to give us a sound mind pray for hearts to be changed today, transform hearts Fear, worry concern stress anxiety pressure it's not that you would take them out of the storm God that you would give them strength within it receive it right now listen if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus right now lift your hand you know you need a relationship with Jesus lift your hand before the Lord. It's not lifting your hand that saves you. You're just saying, I need a relationship with the Lord. Anyone in this moment, thank you, God. Peace, 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 let it flow. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.